A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Over here. Yep, over here. I need to talk to you a second. That's right. I'm over here on my couch. I know the video has started. I'm aware. I'm the person that pushed record after all. But given what we just saw on Dynamite, I needed to sit here, put on my special new hat, and just stare into the distance. Because, my friends, wrestling is totally crazy. There we go. Everything is back to normal. And I have to remove this hat because my head is so big, it is cutting off the circulation to my brain. However, this was supposed to be my protective hat against all the craziness. Let's start those doubts. We started with sports entertainment on this week's Dynamite, and I can't lie, I do enjoy this, because usually Dynamite starts with a match, so when we do shake it up, I get to shake it. It was also Chris Jericho coming down, which was kind of ironic, and he was ready to yell at Daniel Garcia. Danny Boy soon joined him, and yes, he got the you're a wrestler chance, so that's going to carry on. And Chris was all like, look, I get it. You were upset after you lost to Brian Danielson last week. That's why you pushed me. I know that you still love me. And therefore, just say sorry. We can forget about it. It, of course, would mean that they could continue on entertaining in a sports capacity. But actually, Daniel Garcia felt very different. He was like, uh, excuse me. That match I did have seven games ago was absolute fire. It was basically like a dream because I love Brian Danielson. And damn it, Chris, you ruined it for me. He didn't do the cry thing. I don't know why I did it. This sparked Jericho off as he tried to get Garcia to say, I'm a sports entertainer. This was basically Star Wars. It's like when Darth Vader finds Luke and he goes, he's got cold. Join me and, you know, come and we'll destroy everything. Although in this instance, I don't know, I guess he just wants to do a bunch of DQ finishes. Danielson eventually came out to wind up everybody, although he did put Daniel Garcia over like a crazy person. And Garcia couldn't handle this at all. It's like, you're my dad and you're my brother. I can't handle you when you're arguing. So I'm getting out of here. And when Jericho tried to stop him, Dan pushed him over. This then left our former WWE alumni together and they properly got into it like they were nose to nose. And the long and the short of it is that at All Out, we are getting the Lionheart taking on the American Dragon or Christopher Daniels, no, Chris Jericho, (laughs) taking on Brian Danielson. Everybody has the same name. I was like, well, this is a real interesting way to get there and kind of makes it feel a bit different to what we would have done in the other place. Christopher also told Danielson he better watch his back, and he meant this quite literally, (laughs) because almost straight away, 
Jack Swagger. Jake Hagar jumped him and beat him up. What is going on in my brain? Why am I living in 2014? Always do remember though that variety is the spice of life and this just changed up dynamite a little bit. Also, who the hell doesn't want that match to be won by going, I don't want it, I don't want to see any wrestling. Well, good for you, go have a cookie. Which brought us to the first match of the evening, Dax Harwood versus Jay Lethal. And this was just wrestling in the sense that everything was wrestling. I mean, neither of them had their buddies out there and they began by doing all of this grappling. It was just solid, solid stuff. You could have built a house out of it. Dax was just spamming the German suplex button too, which kind of ties into the fact that AEW Fight Forever, the video game, was basically revealed yesterday. And then after Jay Lethal had gone for a dive, he decided to lock in the figure four. When that failed though, he instantly went for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. But that didn't work either, so Harwood hit him with this slingshot Liger bomb. I was like, ha it's quite good. It also allowed him to apply the sharpshooter, but this is when Sonjay Dutt walked down and was just casting distraction to the point they kind of both barged into him as they were just going nuts with surprise roll-ups. It was like, here's a surprise roll-up, here's another surprise roll-up, hey-ho, who wants a surprise roll-up? When Jay Lethal got the final one, he looked right, he looked left, realised he could do it, and he held those damn tights. One, two, three. There was a massive spin after this too, which I don't think anybody saw coming, which was like the theme for the entirety of this AEW Dynamite. Because Sonja was all like, oh man, we've got the pay-per-view coming up. Does not speak like that. And you thought it was going to be the pinnacle versus lethal myself and Satnam Singh? No, we went out and got a couple of buddies. So instead, it's Jay teaming with the Motor City Machine Guns. And this kind of does make sense because I presume that FTR and Wardlow were going to win at the pay-per-view and I suppose we want to protect Satnam as big as possible. Here he is, me looking up at him. And also, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban have deserved their bigger platform for ages because they are such a good team. This is going to be excellent. We were then backstage with Tony Schiavone and Thunder Rosa and Thunder did indeed announce that she's going to have to drop the AEW Women's Championship because she's got an injury. That just sucks. Instead, in a couple of weeks, it's going to be Tony Storm versus Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter versus Sheeta to crown an interim AEW champion, because that's what they like to do, as Thunder told us that when she does come back, she'll be ready to kick some ass. Now, this kind of hit me a little bit harder than it would have done usually, because yes, to be as transparent and honest as possible, I spent the weekend in Texas with Thunder Rosa, because she was super kind and invited me out there so I could wrestle for her Mission Pro Wrestling Company. Not only were her and her team super kind to me, I had one of the best wrestling experiences I've ever had. So yeah, when you do kind of know someone, this stuff is even more rubbish. So massive positive thoughts to her. I hope she does come back from this and is twice as good as she was before and that she wins. Don't know what that last bit means, but the point is this. Thoughts with you and I hope you get better soon. And then, well, it was Colton Gunn versus Billy Gunn. And I was like, man, have I been sleeping? Because where did that come from? Well, I was actually kind of disappointed in a way because I had been so invested in this feud. If we had built it a different way and done father versus son on All Out, I would have been totally fine with it. And no, I'm not joking. The Acclaimed also came out with Bill and just did their rapping stuff, which is always a joy. And honestly, Daddy Gunn is just a hero right now. He totally understands his role. He totally understands what he needs to do. So he goes out there and does it. The thing is, though, after he had beaten up his boy and shown some conflict here, like, why do I have to beat my offspring? 
Austin Gunn started causing a fuss on the outside. Stokely Hathaway was there too, and he was hitting people with the acclaimed boombox, which meant back in the ring, Colton punched Billy, his dad, his father, right in the balls, hit the Colt 45, and he got the one, two, three quite quickly. I was like, Colton, what are you doing? If your father's testicles didn't work, you wouldn't have been born 20 or so years ago. So it certainly does seem like Hathaway is their manager now, especially because after the fact, he gave both of them his magic special card. And then, of course, they beat up Billy Gunn and the acclaimed before Swerve in our glory made the save. So I can't lie either, I have loved all of this. And the way it's all linked together week after week and the fact that we've given it time and the fact that the acclaimed are baby faces now, it just gets a massive round of applause and I'm giving it an up. However, it also made me go, wait one second, because ever since Stokely has been handing out those special magic cards, everybody else has vanished. Like, what happened to him and Lee Moriarty? Like, I understand we have a lot we have to try and get on these shows, but I was quite enjoying that. And now nothing has happened for weeks. So we do have to address these little foibles. It's got to get it down. Quick chat with the Death Triangle and the United Empire after this, because they are going to have a fight later in the trios tournament. While Will Ospreay said some stuff, it was Pac who won this, because he's like, look, we ain't just going to kill you, we're going to murder you. And if you looked into his eyes, I think he meant it. So the dude is just unhinged, and I was so excited about this too. It's like being a kid at Christmas, you knew it was going to deliver. Next up was Britt Baker versus Kylin King, which also had a little bit more significance to me, because I already talked about that Mission Pro Wrestling show I went to over the weekend. And on that card was Kylin King. And not only that, she lent me a Sharpie, because I'm an idiot and didn't bring any, and she was super duper nice about it. I think I said thank you, which makes me a bigger dick, but I just want to say thank you to her. Kylin's also on a little bit of a run in AEW, because she had a good match a while ago, then she had a good match last week, and she had a good match here. Plus, she was going against Brit, who know, is a major name in the women's division. So can somebody smell a contract? Mm, that may be burnt toast. Admittedly, this did go a little bit shorter than I thought it would, and Baker just came storming out the gates to begin with and hit a sling blade. <laughs> These two were brawling in the outside, just smacking each other in the face. King did fire back with a German suplex and a face buster for a near fall. And the dentist basically got back on her feet, hit a super kick, hit the curb stomp, locked in the lock jaw. Kylie King had to tap out. This all made perfect sense too, because of course now Britt Baker is going into the title match. You want to make sure you build up all these four competitors as strong as you can. This was all right. Uh, Britt also got on the mic afterwards and took some shots at Thunder Rosa, so you're going to have to presume we go back to that program at some point. And then Tony Storm was out to do some staring, because that's what you do in wrestling when things are going to get serious, when Jamie Hayter attacked her, so Sheeta appeared and she cleared the ring. So there you go. It's all been tied up in a nice little package, and we shall see it in a couple of weeks. We then just got the oddest swerve after this, and given who was involved, maybe that did make sense. Because Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland were backstage, and they were talking to the acclaimed, and they're like, look, as much as we love you and we think you're heroes, we would like to give you a tag team title match at the pay-per-view, because we think you're really, really good. Now, I know that Castor and Bowens did defeat the Gun Club in that dumpster match, which was basically a blow-off to their feud, but I kind of think you could have done another one here and told everyone, oh, the winner gets to go on to All Out to have the title match. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I love Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, and I love the acclaimed. So now that they're going to have a fight, perfectly good. Cool fact. 
A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And then, what the fuck? You know, usually we don't do this on ups and downs, but I do believe it's time. What the fuck? For it was time for John Moxley versus CM Punk, title versus title. And when they were making the entrances, I was just doing a little jig because I was so damn excited. And if I had started my stopwatch, which I don't do because that would be very strange, by the time this match had finished, it probably only would have read three minutes. Somebody say three minutes. Now look, this did start exactly how you would expect it to. It had all the atmosphere in the world and the fans were divided right down the middle and Punk got a little something something and John Moxley got a little something something and I was like, oh yeah, here we go. However, when Punk smashed Moxley with a kick, he fell to the floor, he grabbed his other foot, the one that he had pivoted off, and all these people going, Punk grabbed the wrong foot. No, he didn't. This is going to tie into a bigger story. Moxley realised something had happened, and like a moth to a flame, he jumped on Punk, he pummeled him with punches and elbows, hit him with one Death Rider, hit him with a second... And then he pinned him for the three, and now he's a champion. Look at my body. I'm not telling myself to do this. It's just happening. So I'm like Crichton from Red Dwarf. My whole system is shutting down. And yes, doctors checked on Punk afterwards. And I can't tell a lie. I have no idea what's going on. I mean, was this a work? Was it a shoot? Was it a work? Shoot? Was it a shoot? Shoot? Work? Work? Up? Down? Left? Right? Center? I have absolutely no idea. But you do have to say this probably had a larger impact than if they had had a 20-minute classic because once again, I don't think anybody had this on their AEW bingo cards. It also begs the question, what the flub is going to happen at All Out? I mean, so many people are saying, oh, we can do CM Punk versus John Moxley part two, but CM Punk puts his career on the line. I'm like, why would he do that? Doesn't make any sense. So really, the answer to this question is what the fallout is. It depends what they do next week. It depends what they do the week after that. And it depends what they do on the pay-per-view. But I do know. As soon as this was done, I was desperate for content. I tried to find podcasts. I tried to find YouTube videos. I just wanted to hear as many opinions as possible. Nine times out of ten, 
probably means you've done something right. I saw some people too saying, oh, it's like Brock and Goldberg again, but that one seemed far more cut and dry. So look, I have no clue, but I'm willing to give AEW the benefit of the doubt because they rarely let me down. So I am going to give it an up. But my friends, I tell you, I really have no idea. Shrug emoji. Before we do move on to, I do just want to address that foot because this, of course, ties into the larger narrative. Because if you sell the foot that you pivoted off, it is more likely to be an actual injury. And look, maybe it was an actual injury at the moment. No one knows dibbly squat. Over the next 40 hours, I'm sure it all will come out. I will be watching. Christian then accepted Jungle Boy's challenge for the pay-per-view, which Jungle Boy had dished out a week ago. I don't know what happened in those seven days because Cage was pretty adamant that he wouldn't do this. And he even said, look, man, I was just trying to teach you a valuable lesson. Because, of course, when you are trying to take a rookie and turn him into a superstar, you say, I'm glad your dad is dead. So Christian has serious problems. Straight after this too, we got a Ricky Starks promo. And I tell you, we probably should have done this sooner because he addressed everything that was going on with powerhouse Will Hobbs. And there ain't no two ways about it. Mr. Starks is going to be a star. He was also super pissed about the fact that Team Taz had broken up. He was super pissed about the fact he's no longer the FTW champion. And he was super pissed that William had turned his back on him, especially because when they were friends and Starks had a broken neck, Powerhouse rang him every single damn day. But then he got jealous and went after his neck. I thought that was a very nice story beat because he did do this. And it shows that powerhouse Will Hobbs has gone crazy. I think at one point he even called Will a dirty slime ball and a snake. So I was massively pleased about that. And he does want a match at the pay-per-view. And honestly, I think this is going to be tremendous. And Will should probably win. I have no idea how we're going to sort that one out. John Moxley was there cutting a backstage promo. And man... This guy was so fired up, and he had a few things to say. I mean, the first line he dropped was, oh, was it not meant to go that way? When he just took shots at anyone, and he even finished it by saying, my time is now, and I half expected John Cena to walk in doing this. And he knew what he was doing too, because there were some other references, which certainly sounded like they were directed towards Roman Reigns. And he called out everybody that doubted him, and essentially said that he is professional wrestling to go climb that ladder. So I still have no idea what is happening. The whole thing is just totally, totally insane. Then got a cool video package reminding us that Kenny Omega returned to Dynamite last week. I got a bit worried because I was like, oh yeah, we're almost through this show and we haven't seen him at all. But thankfully that was going to be addressed. And after Excalibur had done his... As he just talked about every match under the planet. We, we got our main event... You ain't gonna believe this. Because it was the United Empire versus the Death Triangle to see who was gonna go through to the next round of the trio tournament. I have three questions. One, who the flub are these people? Two, where the flub did they come from? And three, how are they so flubbing good at wrestling? I mean, the first thing we saw was Will Ospreay and Phoenix in there. They were just flipping and flapping around like fish out of water. And I don't know what that means. And almost instantly, the tag klaxon went off. And everybody was fighting everybody else. Phoenix took that as a challenge, so he nailed Odyssey Open with a couple of cutters. And then the Death Triangle did simultaneous dives. And I will be completely honest with you. If the match had somehow finished there... I still would have given it an up because it was just so damn fast. The Lucha Brothers then carried this on with a double splash. And for a good while, the triangle were just beating up Will Ospreay. And of course, the way he reversed this was by doing the most 
ridiculous moonsault you've ever seen in your life. Also, when it comes to Will, I don't care what you do think of him or you don't think of him. When it comes to selling, he may be the best damn wrestler in the world at this. The best friends were watching this too, because of course they will be taking on the winner after Aussie Open and decked Phoenix for a while. He just got pissed off. And what didn't he do? Like, what the hell didn't he do? He did everything. Actually, I tell you what, I never saw him drink a cup of tea, but if he had done that in the middle, even I would have been like, well, I suppose he's thirsty. It allowed him to make the tag to Penta, and he also lost his mind because he hit this crossbody, he hit this sling blade, and he hit this absolutely awesome crucifix bomb. And Aussie Open were also coming back with all these double team moves. I had to go lay down because I was absolutely exhausted. It almost instantly did get reversed because the Death Triangle was doing the same to Osprey. But the point of this is that we built to this moment was Pac was looking at Will and Will was looking at Pac and they just had this sequence that made me want to see the singles match on AEW TV. Like, I know they've done it before, but I need a 25-minute burner. Thank you very much. I mean, there's no point in me trying to recount this because it would be impossible. And also, I'd start to sound like a robot that was running out of steam. Just like, you the one But what I do need to tell you is that at one point, Phoenix went to give a Harakurana to Will Ospreay and he just landed on his feet like it's not the most difficult thing in the world. I've got to stop touching my face, but it's, I can't believe it, face, and I tell you, I can't believe it. It got even better because he walked straight into a cutter, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so dumb. And then I do believe we had 72,867 near falls, and because I wasn't 100% sure who was going to win, I popped on everyone. I also never would have called the finish, because at one point after Pac had done a moonsault off the ring post, he saw Kip Sabian in the crowd, or at least he saw that dude wearing a box over his head. Excuse me, box-like structure. Now we here on Ups and Downs have been on Box Watch for a while. When we do see Kip Sabian in the crowd, we've talked about him. But on this night, Pac had enough. He knocked the box off this person's head, but it was just some random guy underneath with tape over his mouth. And when Pac turned around, who ran and punched him in the face? It was The Undertaker. <laughs> of course it wasn't The Undertaker, it was Kip Sabian. I was so surprised by this, I actually shouted, what? Which made me an absolute idiot. And then back in the ring, Ozzy Open finished off Phoenix. They gave him an assistant Oz Cutter with Will Ospreay and they pinned him. So I was like, wait a minute. Not only are these guys going through to the next round, but Kip Sabian is properly back and he's going to be taken on pack, I presume, for the All-Atlantic Championship. How the hell has so much happened? This carried on too because instantly the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega did walk to the ring and they were like, <laughs> we're going to take you on. And that also means that I was completely wrong earlier when I said that about the best friends. I don't even know anymore. I've lost my mind. But look, if we are going to do a version of this, it means in a wrestling ring, you are going to get Will Ospreay and you are going to get Kenneth Omega. Instantly people go, oh man, they should hold this off for a pay-per-view proper. No, no, you should do it right here, right now, because I could be dead tomorrow and I need this in my life. Also, I'll make a grand prediction. I bet the first time they do go one-on-one, it's going to be at Wrestle Kingdom next year in New Japan, because I have a feeling a bunch of AEW dudes are about to go and do just that. So this was just a phenomenal ending to a truly crazy show. And it is getting it up. Which, yes, brought us to the end of Dynamite. <laughs> Honestly, this, I can't, no words. See, I can't even talk in normal sentence structure anymore. And we barely got to chat about the fact that Kip Sabian kept up a gimmick for over a year and now he got his payoff. I just think that's absolutely badass too. So more power to him. And I am going to give this an up. But yes, I'm storing it away in my pants. Not my pants, should have said it. In my pocket. 
we will see what's going to happen with CM Punk and John Moxley, because only then can we make an official ups and downs decree. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.